I'm Justin Hancock. And I'm Meg John Barker. And together we are... The Meg John and Justin Podcast. Yay! Woo! Woo! Hello, dear gentle listeners. Dear... dear ear pals. Ear pals. Ear pals. The smooth, the textured, <laughs> the, the, the rough. rough. <laughs> <laughs> Every grade of sandpaper listeners. That's right. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> we are going to... We're kind of doing like a mini theme here, I suppose, aren't we? A little theme we? today. We're, yeah. we did journaling. Yes. And um, and so we're going to kind of... I guess we're kind of doing a few podcasts which are about kind of like broadly like doing the work. Yes. Or doing work for ourselves. Imagine the work with a capital T and a capital W. Yeah. That's how I think of it. The work when the you're doing work. like and the work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. which is not the same as the works, which is a shop, and it's not the same, <laughs> not the same as we work, which is terrible. There's also um, a really good um, documentary called The Work, which is about guys in prison doing the work, but which does kind of mean this kind of work. Oh, yeah, it's well worth a watch. Oh, oh my god, you haven't seen it? You're no. gonna love it. It's like yeah. masculinities, prison, amazing. Shit. It's really good. Yeah. Um, where's that? Um, I think it's Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. Andrew. Check it out. The work. It's. Oh, um, was it? Yeah. Be ready to cry. They will be crying. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I quite like crying. It's really good. Yeah, yeah I'm big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I, like, it's one of those things where I guess we'll talk about this, but yeah. I'm not a big fan of crying, but it's, uh, I don't like, I don't like the feeling of it about to happen, but when it's happening, it's kind of nice. I like it. I like being sick. Well, it depends on the cry. <laughs> we should do a whole podcast on crying because oh, God, as, as you know, part of my work was to, to get more into crying this year. So like, yeah. we need to do an entire podcast on crying towards the end of the year. We would spend both <laughs> I don't think I could just cry on demand for a podcast about crying. I'm feeling a little bit teary just Are talking you? about it. I yeah. could get teary because I could talk about the Grey's Anatomy episodes I watched earlier this week, which did make me cry. They did like a Me Too special, <laughs> and I was just like in bits the entire way through. So, yeah. Yeah. Dear listeners, if you don't want to hear us crying, <laughs> yeah. tell us. <laughs> but if Save you do us. want to cry, either watch the work on Netflix or Grey's Anatomy <laughs> meeting special because that will do it. <laughs> Stay tuned to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. So this is one for our free feed. Hello, dear free welcome listener. Well, I mean, you're not free, but it's a free feed. You're not paying for this uh, podcast. Not for this, this one, but they, you, they, you may be a patron who is also checking out our, our, yes. our free ones. Yeah. Um, which you should listen to both, obviously. Yeah. They are two separate feeds. So if you, uh, the, the, our regular existence SoundCloud feed is the one you're listening to on now. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you get access to our separate feed, our patron-only feed, mm. which will be a separate feed in your podcast app, and you just go uh, between the two to listen to us every other week. So this week, we're going to talk about... Um, How you know you need therapy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> having, like, having just gone back into therapy myself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, we've both done therapy. MJ yeah. is a therapist as well, or has trained as a therapist. I have. I was sort of an ex one because I don't do it anymore, but yeah. I, I, I did do for about a decade um, and trained as an existential therapist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a very cool kind of therapy. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I've done that. Existential um, therapy. Oh, yeah. It's very much like, what's the I Heart Huckabees, where they have the existential detectives. Yeah. Like, I don't that's, know. That's basically me and like the Black Polonic and the Beret, you know. Oh, right. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, like delving into people's existential issues. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about different kinds of therapies next time. It's not a two-parter episode, but we're yeah. going to do another one for patrons uh, where we're going to look at different kinds of therapy. Yeah. So if, you're, uh, if you find this podcast interesting and you want to find out more about different kinds of therapies then uh become a patron from only a dollar a month yep 
but today it's going to be more like how do you know if you, therapy might be a good thing to do and a bit about what the alternatives might be as well because mm. you know as we'll see there's a few reasons why therapy might not be for you yeah yeah well let's talk about that first question Aaron Jay so when so that kind of I mean I guess we're all like um at times finding life difficult or mm. at time where if we're not finding life difficult we're not tuning into some of the things that might be making life difficult i guess people can almost kind of yeah. disassociate themselves from some of the issues that That's they right. are. so in a sense you could say a good time to go is when stuff's really getting to you you know you are noticing you're crying all the time or you're feeling very frightened yeah. or traumatized or whatever but another another good point might be oh i notice i'm not in touch with my feelings yeah at all like I, everything feels rather bland you know I just feel like I'm out of touch with things because you know or I'm kind of hiding and doing too much work or yeah. uh, drinking drugs or whatever it is for you yeah so they almost like those two would be good signs wouldn't they like yeah if the emotions are really overwhelming you and or if you're not in touch with them at all mm-hmm. yeah and there, I think there are other times where we've perhaps a bit further along where we have been doing some of this work either with ourselves or with um, other close people to us and we're kind mm. of finding we're running out of um, resources or the running out of avenues to try kind of got a bit stuck in some of our... Oh, stuck is a really good time yeah. to go. I mean, particularly, I guess, relationship therapy, often people go at that point, that sense of stuckness of like, we can't do this together or yeah. with the support of our friends. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. though, so I guess if you're dear gentle listener, if, you're, if that's the kind of thing that's like... Um, it's kind of bubbling away for you. That's that. That might be a reason to go to therapy. A lot of people mm. who go to therapy, in my experience, and I'm sure I might have said this in the past, but I disavow myself of this if I have said it. Is a lot of people say everyone should go to therapy, mm. and I don't think that's true. Mm. Um, I mean, for a start, there aren't enough therapists, <laughs> and also um, not enough free or low cost therapy, which mm. we'll come on to. But also. I'm not so sure that that's necessarily... No, I feel like there's times for it. Like yeah. I feel like now it's definitely a kind of, oh, there's times in my life where that extra support of having that kind of more objective person yeah. or someone who's particularly on my side, you know, there's just that sense of like, oh yeah, now's a good time to have that yeah. every week or every two weeks. And then there's a kind of not sense of when that's sort of an end point of like, actually, I don't need that at the moment in my life. Yeah. I think this idea of a spiral is quite useful, mm-hmm. which a lot of people use. It's like we have our particular issues and patterns and traumas mm. and whatever you want to call it. And like it goes round and round, like we're going to hit it every now and again. And it's like a bit of a spiral that each time we hit it, we kind of get to a bit of a deeper level with it, a bit better understanding okay. of it. But when it kind of hits again, that might be a good time to go. And then, you know, there might be a period for which it doesn't kind of yeah. bother us, you know, whatever our particular struggles are. Yeah. But then it, it tends to come around again because, you know, they tend to be stuff that we've learned quite early on. Often those kind of like survival strategies or defense mm-hmm. mechanisms or whatever you want to call it. But like we particularly hit up against a period where we're getting really depressed or we're going to drink or, yeah. you know, our relationships are suffering, suffering or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a nice way to see it of like normalizing that we all do that. Like we all have our particular ones that we struggle with and that's just a good time to get the extra support when it's kind of hitting us again. Definitely. Yeah. Um, without going into too much detail about for, about next week's podcast where we're looking at different therapeutic approaches, I guess mm. we could talk about what it, what it is that we might get from the, the, yeah, the therapist. Yeah, like in like general. What, what can, yeah, yeah what, what can we expect? I guess it's like um, a different, and we'll talk about this next week because different 
uh, therapists often offer different kinds of approaches yeah. uh, and and so some are much more kind of um, le- take a more kind of listening role and uh, allowing you to unpack a lot of things before saying the odd thing here or there mm-hmm. and how do you feel about that front. yeah <laughs> tell me more about that where are you in all of this <laughs> yes <laughs> which is the best question yeah it is um, a good question. <laughs> but um but then others can be a little bit more challenging, a little bit more um, uh, putting interesting questions to you, yeah. kind of holding a mirror up a bit more and being not confrontational, but a little bit more... Um, directive, directive, in a way. Yeah. yeah, and like there's ones that are much more like activities-based, go away and try this. There's ones yeah. that are, um, all the different kinds of therapies see the problems in a slightly different way and also the kind of solutions, you know, or the approach to it in a slightly different way. Yeah. But I guess what you can generally assume is like it's going to be someone on your side. Yeah. You know, someone who wants to listen mm-hmm. and support, mm-hmm. someone who wants to help you figure out your particular mm. patterns and address them yeah. you know generally speaking yeah you should be coming out feeling good you know like not necessarily happy but like you yeah. know like you're like you're supported yeah. like you're listened to like the person gets you yeah um and, and we're going to keep i think we'll keep coming back to the message of like you have to shop around yeah it's important to find both the person and the approach that fits for you yeah um and also not all therapists are brilliant people you know uh, there are some that are really appallingly bad so you know do not be thinking everyone I get you know everyone anyone anyone I could go to who says they're a therapist is going to be lovely and all right for me that's just not the case no exactly but what it does give you as well is the is that you have 15 it's always 50 minutes yeah uh, and um, there's a good Seinfeld bit about that (laughs) they're doing that extra 10 minutes Um, and um, that's I think I guess what though do you I mean you're the therapist but you you might make the odd note here and there on the file and then have a breather and walk around if you are like seeing people back to back that 10 minutes is just to like shake off one person and get ready for the next you know (laughs) yeah yeah I mean um, this is why therapists often don't see more than like what 12 clients a week or something like that it's like it's a lot of work it's yeah and a lot of emotional work to hold Mm. all of that like stuff I mean I was never even you know at about five six a week max yeah you know I was either doing one full day or even just half a day yeah and I yeah I'm really like a bit in awe of people who can do a a lot of see a lot of clients in a week yeah Um, so however however much you're paying your therapist they're not rich (laughs) yeah they won't be rich yeah (laughs) Um, but what it does give you is 50 minutes of um Pure unbridled them being on your side. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're always going to say that all your decisions are great and that. Oh God, no, that, yeah, you know, <laughs> and that you're always right. But that, but having someone listen to you for that length of time is um, when well, when certainly when I first started doing therapy, I found it so unusual that I'd be able to mm. talk about myself for fifty minutes, and that yeah. just that feeling of being able to to do that in a, sa- in a space where you're not feeling like you're going to be judged immediately if you've got yeah. a therapist you work well with is an amazing feeling. Absolutely. It's so great to have that space. And like quite a lot of therapists will also work to some extent relationally, which is mm. like they'll in a way use their relationship with you to help reveal some of your patterns and how you are, you know, like, yeah. my, like my therapist last week was just like, hmm, I just praised you and you didn't seem to hear it. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh. <laughs> that might be my a thing. first therapist did that. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's also another thing to maybe expect, you know, is that yeah. it might feel a bit weird, you know, yeah. for, I mean, maybe not to our listeners so much who may be more used to kind of intentional relating and talking mm-hmm. about the process of relationships. But, you know, that may well come up. They may say, oh, I, I noticed that this happens here. I wonder if it happens in your other relationships. Yeah. Or did it happen in your childhood? And it'd be like, damn you, <laughs> your insight. God damn it. Now I'm crying again. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It is a space potentially yeah. to, have feelings like yeah i do find it like i kind of want to be open to i might cry in that hour mm-hmm. you know in a way that i'm not necessarily doing with other people in my life at the moment you know yeah. but it's nice to sometimes use that space to like go to the painful past stuff or whatever and yeah. I really have the feelings and it be you know almost like as safe as if you are on your own or with a really close person yeah, yeah. so it'll be a room yeah um, usually in a room yeah yeah so it'll be in a room usually and um if you see a person a therapist in person a lot of therapists offer therapy by skype now, now as well yeah online. yeah yeah and there's um even like email options and stuff so yeah. you know definitely a g- good for neurodiversity to have the mm-hmm. sense that there are different ways of engaging yeah. you don't necessarily need to do face to face but if you see someone face to face there will be usually a box of tissues there i expect a pot plant yeah um there's not usually, I guess it's like, a, it's just like a, uh, in, in my experience, the chairs were very, uh, ever so slightly um, on the, on the wonk, so yeah. tilted, but, so you're not sitting <laughs> yeah. directly opposite your therapist, yeah. but it's like, to give you a bit of space to be able to look away, yeah. and then, so yeah. you're not, it's not super intense. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's how it might look when you're in, in, in your therapy room. Um and yeah, that kind of having that sense of that very private space where you can, where you really can sit with your feelings and you can go yeah. there with your feelings. Yeah, exactly. And this person is safe enough to go there with and will hold that kind of boundary, hold that space for you. And yeah, I think you should feel that they care about you, mm. you know, and want what's best for you. Yeah. And also that they wouldn't be too... Um, too directive like we said some forms of therapy are a bit more directive but they the idea is they should be empowering you to figure out your responses so again a bit of a a warning bell would be if they started suggesting like what you should do in this situation or whatever it's like they shouldn't be leaping ahead of you I remember my training said they should be Mm. kind of alongside you know rather than that sense of you know they've got all the answers albeit they might share some kind of educational stuff you Mm -hmm. know if if that's relevant yeah well again we'll talk about that next week won't, yeah, totally. won't we but the the there are i guess there are some approaches which are more person-centered than others i suppose yeah. but but to be but that sense of that you're not going there for it's not advice you're yeah, not going to exactly. be told what to do yeah and that's i guess gets us into like what you know alternatives as well because coaching for example can yeah. be a bit more advicey mm-hmm. so you may you may be somebody who would prefer that kind of thing but again be careful because i think there is a real value to that sense of in a way I think a lot of therapy is trying to show you that it's in you like you do have it yeah you know however much we might all believe we're hopeless like you know it's helping us find that inside ourselves to be compassionate to ourselves and to figure our situations out and that is a lot more empowering than somebody telling us what to do or how to do it big time and the the sense that the answer is in there and that uh, Mm. that it's it and the therapist there to help you find it is really important and powerful but it's also like it's the process 
Yeah. All of it is about process. Mm. Because a, ther- a therapist could quite easily say to someone within like the first two sessions, if they really wanted to, well, yeah, I can see this is your issue and this yeah, is the thing yeah. that you need to work on. So off you pop. Yes. Then, you know, that's advice. <laughs> but it's the process of going and finding it and committing to that process yeah. and building up those resources. That's that's the thing that works in the long term. That's the thing that stays with you, right? Yeah, yeah. And also somewhat internalising the therapist, like, you know, there's something about going to a therapist who can who can be compassionate towards you and see all of you and still care about you and given that we live in this kind of capitalist culture which makes us all feel really bad about ourselves and mm. there's a real sense that most of us have that you know the, the root of a lot of our problems is that sense that we're not okay or that we're lacking yeah you know it's about like internalizing almost and some people will say they hear their therapist voice in their head or like you know having a therapist helps them feel more self-compassionate because they can almost speak to themselves the way the therapist does yeah so that might well be quite a big piece of it is that yeah you keep saying these things that are definitely true for me and i just keep chuckling away yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're all seeing my therapist was now yep. anyway fine fine yes okay so <laughs> right oh yeah this is a good one like we were saying this when we were planning the uh, you know a lot of people are reluctant to go to therapy because it feels selfish self-indulgent yeah you know like oh can i afford to spend that money on myself or whatever um so if you don't go for yourself go for the other people in your life yeah because your shit is almost definitely like affecting those other people yeah (laughs) this was true for me it is also true for you dear listener you know it's definitely true for me and sometimes it's a really good way in you know because again the aforementioned we don't think we're worthy of it or we don't think we deserve it or whatever because we have this sense of ourselves that's so critical like so but but you know you are not being great for other people in your life if you're simply you know, acting out your patterns, whether that's like a pattern of taking on way too much or mm-hmm. a pattern of um, addiction or if it's a pattern of, you know, bad relationship patterns or like whatever it is for you, like that is inevitably not being great for everyone around you either. So it really, when I first went to therapy, it really improved all of my friendships. Yeah. Also, because um, it meant that I was able to take a little bit of the weight off you know yeah. the, I was asking my friends to do a lot of um, pragma a lot of being there and being um, being with me and being really supportive which was wonderful and I'm very grateful to them and will be and they still do an awful lot of that but mm. but going to therapy meant that it made it sometimes made the rest of my week lighter it brought yeah. in I was more able to experience um, joy yeah. with my friends as well um, just because some of the heavy lifting I was more able to start doing by myself and in the therapy yeah. process. Yeah, so it's giving you that extra support and also showing you how to do it for yourself a bit, um, yeah. which is really gold. And also I think the the other piece is it's, source, it's sort of a place you learn to be more real with people, mm. which is inevitably better for your yeah. other relationships. So yeah, I think all the relationships in your life are likely to improve. Although people do sometimes say like, if you start therapy and other people in your life aren't doing it then what you may find is that's tricky because Mm. it kind of creates a bit of an imbalance there I mean you know these days I feel like everyone should be doing the work you know whatever however it manifests and and everyone should be cultivating a support system I don't know how we can do life without doing something of the work and having something of a support system and really like you know, prioritising those things in our life, especially as the world is how it is at the moment. I think the way mm. I dealt with that, because a lot of my friends weren't doing therapy and mm. um, and some of them have since, but what I did was to, when I was realising something was you know, happening, I would I would speak for myself and say, I think that I've noticed about what I do in the situation is nice. to do this. Yeah. And then that kind of gave, gave them the opportunity to talk about 
their view on that, but also their view on how they responded in a particular situation. Yeah. And so it, that made that made that kind of uh, that was a, that helped me to bring in some of that realness um, mm. there. Nice. Um, I think for, for families and um, partnerships as well, particularly, like it can be, you know, that it's a bit like when people go to when one person goes to university in a relationship or a family. You know, there's a kind of classic thing of that can be quite jolting yeah. and create a bit of an imbalance where there wasn't one. And I think therapy can be a bit similar. So I'm just saying it's like worth being aware that as you start to kind of figure this stuff out, it may it may be brilliant. It may have a kind of nice dominant effect in a family or partnership or whatever that they yeah. start to do the same kind of thing. Yeah. But it may be quite hard initially, you know, especially if what you're finding is like, oh, these family dynamics affecting yeah. me in this way the rest of the family may not want be ready to hear that, you know. No. Or some may and some may not. So Definitely. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a thing definitely a thing to be aware of. Yeah, totally. Um but I guess the what the the just uh but that point we're, that we're talking about there about if you're not gonna do it for you, do it for others, it's almost like what we were talking about with self love and thinking of um the responsibility we have to be able to do our own to do self love, yeah, and how that make, means that we are asking less from other relationships, and then other relationships can flourish and mm. thrive as a result. We're talk, that's what we're saying. Yeah, as well, I think it? so. So um, uh, <laughs> this is a classic MJ. <laughs> Tell MJ's written these notes. What, ther- <laughs> what therapy opens up and closes down, MJ? It's like, I have a funny relationship with it, really, because I'm like really, yeah, obviously I'm really pro-therapy. You've just heard me say all these things, but I'm also really critical of it. Like, there is a lot of really valid criticism of the therapy industry, and Mm. at its worst, you can argue that it does almost perpetuate some of the things we're really critical on this podcast, you know, of like individualizing problems. I think the biggest danger of therapy is that you have a sense that your problems are situated within you as an individual Mm. there's something wrong with you that needs fixing and you know there's almost like this awful point of comparison of this super wise person sitting opposite with you who seems to be dealing with everything well and seems to be super wise so I mean one thing to say is yeah all therapists are fucked up as well (laughs) you know sometimes more so than everybody else because you know they decided to train as therapists so what was going on there Um, but you know we're friends with therapists yeah they're all they're all fine they're great (laughs) but also um (laughs) but you know it's like the thing is you're being there for other people you know I always found that like when I was doing the therapy it's like I could park my stuff for a bit and you know I'm not in that person's world with all the mess that's in there you know I can be like really holding and containing I can be like you know have have wisdom around their experience that mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't have around my own experience you know, mm-hmm. that, that's in a way that's what they're there for yeah but what's important is it doesn't become another stick to beat yourself yeah. with that sense of almost like the the way somebody presents themselves on social media all beautiful and wonderful and you can compare against that but it's not the real yes. them in a way the therapist you're seeing in the therapy hour you know that they're, they're having to put themselves in that good kind of wise compassionate place to be the best therapist for you but that yeah. is not how they are day to day they struggle just as much as you do exactly and they, they are playing a role there and yeah. it's a role that they are, have done a lot of training to do and got a lot of support to do yeah and then when you're out the door they're standing up they're breathing they're... yeah they, they probably have all lots of feelings of you know fears about being a bad therapist or you know they'll have yeah. a supervisor that they'll take the things they're struggling with you know yeah. from therapy to uh, somebody said to me once it was a bit like you know you're climbing a mountain and they're climbing a mountain and they can see over to your mountain and tell you where right. to you know where might be good to put your next foot you know because they've got that objective perspective but you're both yeah. climbing your mountains you know yeah. and just like anyone in your life you know in, in some places they'll be ahead and in some places you'll be ahead you know I think 
therapists i've always felt this way like learn so much from their clients as well yeah like often you're getting so much wisdom from the people you're talking to so i think that's important and yeah just being mindful that you know because you're there as an individual talking about your issues it doesn't mean those issues are like a flaw in you that needs fixing yeah you know most of the things we struggle with are there because capitalism because wider toxic systems because yeah, yeah like um it's yeah it's really i think it's really important to kind of be cautious around the the possibility that therapy can kind of reinforce an idea that it's all kind of internal in new stuff it yeah. may be more about talking about how you navigate the difficult cultural messages or the problematic family system that you come from that we all come from you know exactly. that, that's there because of intergenerational trauma and you know yeah like that definitely yeah it's not just about overcoming yeah is it it's it's about managing and navigating but it's the but if the message is that you can overcome your experiences of racism uh, mm. and that that's all you have to, that's the only thing that has to do is that you have to do that rather yeah. than obviously us challenging us uh, uh, trying to rid the trying to rid racism out of society. Yeah. That's no, no, a no. stupid <laughs> sentence, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the therapist should never be making you feel like you're somehow responsible for wider social problems yeah. that are the things that are impacting you. And similarly, you know, you should be yeah, cautious about and you know a lot of mental health problems are much more to do with the systems we're part of you know toxic work environments families you know most mental health problems are relational rather than being like in an individual and it's really hard for us to see that in a capitalist culture that has made us feel like we're these atomized individuals but Mm. we're just you know we're just not and in a sense we're just not that responsible for ourselves we are the result of all of these dynamics with other people so yeah just being aware of that but but at the and at the same time you know it, it is really useful i think as an individual to have this space mm. to unpack all of that and to look at how what bits are ours and how they work with other people you know i guess that's where um there's a brief overlap here between just going a very small tangent for no longer than a minute uh, <laughs> is time, that this yeah. is where um <laughs> there is an overlap with um uh thinking about podcasts and mm. uh, think about what we do and and like a broader kind of movement like we we have individuals listening to us in their yeah in their headphones doing the washing up typically or walking the dog on or the whatever. treadmill some of them on a treadmill yeah. that's right or falling, <laughs> up, falling off because we're so funny <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> do take care dear listener <laughs> yeah. um but you know to to what extent you know we so we are in a sense giving advice to individuals aren't we yeah. but it's like but it's the broader messages that we're giving are that it's uh, intersectional it's structural exactly um, self so self help is similar to therapy yeah. in that way it's like yeah. the danger is we individualize it and start you know you know people start then hitting themselves with another stick of like I'm not as good as you know <laughs> understanding yeah. the political situation or you know it's like yeah we're just so primed to do that stuff to individualize everything and to be super self-monitoring and critical of ourselves so that's where you know people have looked at alternatives to therapy and have suggested there are some issues with therapy being a bit of a hierarchical mm-hmm. relationship and that one-on-one so mm-hmm. you know group therapy is something to explore mm-hmm. process groups mm-hmm. um you know certainly for people from marginalized backgrounds not only you know potentially having a therapist who's also from one of those backgrounds or maybe again engaging with different forms that are more you know especially 
you know, this is a very white Western kind of concept, one-to-one therapy in this particular form. That doesn't mean it's the best way of dealing with emotional struggles. Mm -hmm. There are so many different cultural ways of doing it. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, we're not saying this is the be-all and end-all. We're saying like this is one that's available, but you may want to try other things and look at other alternatives that feel like a better match Mm -hmm. potentially. I wonder whether we might talk about that one a bit more when we talk about different kinds of therapy yeah, as well. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, so let's go. Let's skip to uh, how to find one and picking one. I mean, again, yeah. this is going to be relevant to next week's, um, but oh, generally dude, just speaking... Just shop around, yeah, just shop around. Please yeah, yeah, shop yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. You know, people for some reason, it's like, oh, I need a therapist. Oh, well, I'll just like find the first one that pops up. You know, no, like... No. You know, but be aware, there are going to be some real charlatans about there. There's some that are actively dangerous. There are some approaches that will be a really bad fit for you. Mm -hmm. Certainly, if you're from a marginalized group, you do not want somebody who's going to, like, reinforce that idea that, you know, your oppressions are actually individual, you know, personality flaws or something. Or try to make you normal or functional. Right. And yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing about the therapy industry. It does have a terrible history with this kind of idea of normal and abnormal and trying to make people more normal in terms of their mental health. So you definitely want to find people from the right approach, but also people you gel with. Mm-hmm. So it's shop around. It's, you know, look up a bunch online. Mm-hmm. Just like you would with a plumber or anything yeah. like, you know, find a bunch. Certainly talk to other people and find out ones that people say are really good. Mm-hmm. Although, again, different therapists are good for different people. So they yeah. may not be such a good fit for you. You know, maybe narrow. Like last time I did it, it was like cast the net wide on the me- on media, mm-hmm. you know, um, on the web. And then kind of I got to thinking, like, what were the things that I particularly wanted? Mm-hmm. Like, I quite like the idea of someone who was a bit Buddhist informed. Yeah. Queerness or being familiar with queerness mm-hmm. was important. Um, also, this, a certain vibe, you know, so then reading a few websites, yeah. finding three or four that had that vibe, mm-hmm. then getting in touch with them and seeing if they were offering the kind of thing I was looking for. Yeah. Obviously, geographical location, things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, going with one or two you know i was thinking to see two or three potentially but luckily this time the first one i saw did seem like a really good fit mm-hmm. and also she offered a free first session which i found really good because right. you did, then you're not necessarily having to pay for a session with every person some will offer to talk on the phone mm-hmm. you know so you will have an email exchange but i, I would have an email have, exchange yeah yeah but I would think to do that with two or three people, yeah. unless you really get a great vibe off the first one you do that with, in which yeah. case, sure, go for them. But, yeah. do you know, I think that's just really important is to... Definitely. And, um, and it's completely okay to, to do that shopping around. I mean, they are all individuals offering a service, but mm. this is a thing that you're... It's, um, and again, it's part... Of, if we're thinking of this as an important process that this Mm. is actually part of it so even like pre-therapy you choosing a therapist and trying to figure out okay what kind of what kind of person do I think I'm going to get on with you know even if it's in terms of like what kind of gender dynamic do I want or you know do I I need someone from a similar kind of background to me or yeah I I, you know I think at times I felt like I wanted quite a challenging therapist at other times it's like no I really need someone nurturing Mm. I just want to feel really cared for like this person's really got my back so again having that sense of like what is it you need at the moment in your life Um, that's the thing and and this is the thing that you're doing for you this is like this is an act of self-love that we talked about and it's really like in, and it's a real act of agency and mm. it's that and so not just kind of um 
you know, like settling for the first thing that comes along. Definitely. But, you know, and particularly in a bigger city, if you're looking at doing in-person therapy, obviously there are more options available, particularly if you're able to travel around. But yeah. you can also do a lot of these things by video. A lot of therapists offer video sessions. Yeah, so, but definitely, um, you know, just think of it like any other group, there are going to be, you know, a bunch that would be all right for you. There's going to be a few that would be great for you. Yeah. There's going to be a few that would be really not very good for you. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be some that are actively abusive or problematic people um, or have very problematic views. So, you know, that that you do need to really do your homework to make sure that you don't end up with one of the latter categories. Um, Big time. Yeah. Um, Should we talk briefly about what the, the... You know, after our first session or first couple of sessions, what feelings we might have afterwards and the kinds of things to mm. expect. We've not put it in our notes, but I guess yeah. um, that, um, you know, it can raise, it can be, uh, uh, there, I think that just from speaking to people and from my own experience, there can be lots of different kinds of thoughts and feelings after the first session. Yeah. But really what you're looking for, I think, from the first session is, do I think I'm going to get on with this person? Yeah. Do I trust this person enough that I can every week I keep coming back I can yeah share more and do this work and to have them alongside me and do I get a nice vibe from them yeah so that's I guess what you're looking for from the relationship right whether yeah. they can sit with you and you feel like you can really go there with them definitely and and in a, you know in a way not wanting to come along you don't want to come away with this idea that they're perfect, yeah. you know, or like, oh my God, they're the best person ever. That's probably a bit of a bad sign, really, because you're probably picking up on some projection from them that they kind of want to be this perfect rescuer. Again, yeah. that's that's not a great yeah. thing. You know, you want a sense of a human being, yeah. I think, but who you definitely feel there's a potential that you could really trust and open up to, yeah. you know, that you feel quite well held by them. And that they're curious about you as yeah. well. That, that they're, they're curious about what's going on for you and interested. It's, yeah, to they're not in there too much, you know, yeah. like it should be, you know, it should be about you. Um, yeah, and you should de- do most of the talking. Yeah, and and definitely I think any fear, feelings of real fear or confusion mm. is probably a bad sign, yeah. you know. And again, you know, you may want to give it a few sessions, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I think... You should be, yeah. You should be able to. You should be able to understand the stuff they're saying to you. Yeah. You should feel well understood by them, more mm-hmm. or less. You know. Yeah. You should also know how much it's going to cost. Yes. How the payment works. Yeah, they should have a contract that says all of these things. I mean, certainly, you know, be prepared that, um, you know, you might have to pay if you cancel a session last mm-hmm. minute, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The therapists will have their kind of, you know, you need to value the emotional labour they're putting in. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like again, we were going to say, you know, what are, I suppose, what are the options financially? Mm-hmm. Um, so a private therapist is usually going to be ballpark 40 to 100 yeah. quid for a for the 50 minute hour, which is a lot. Some will offer fortnightly rather than weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm doing at the moment because I couldn't manage it yeah. you know, every week. Um, but the, a lot of therapists do sliding scales based yeah. on income mm-hmm. or they have a few, you know, they have higher income people mm-hmm. subsidize a few low cost options. Mm-hmm. And then there are quite a lot of voluntary services and particularly, I guess, a lot of our, our listeners are queer of some capacity. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, there are quite a lot of LGBT centers where often therapists in training mm-hmm. will work at that kind of center. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get you can get lower cost therapy mm-hmm. or sometimes even free therapy um nhs similarly you can but again you know you're going to get less potentially you'll get fewer sessions and have a bit less choice over who yeah. you get with and so. the kinds of therapeutic approaches offers. yeah yeah um, 
Although the, NHS should, the NHS should let you shop around. So, you, you know, if you do see somebody and it doesn't feel like a good fit, you should be able to see it again, say that and get assigned to somebody else. But yeah. it's a bit harder than it is if you're going privately. I think we're looking at longer waiting lists as well, really. Yeah. Well, let's be yeah. yeah. Uh, also, sexual health services will offer, will still offer psychosexual therapy That's as right. well in the NHS. If and it's... some of the mental health charities, I think, get yeah. therapy through Mind and things. And then mm-hmm. obviously there's like phone services and email services like this Samaritans for Crisis and yeah. Crisis Text Line kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's that called in? Uh, shout? Shout out or something? Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, there are a bunch of like. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, there's the campaign against living miserably for that's aimed at young men. Um, yeah. Oh, and there's there's also I'll put in the show notes. There's a kind of political um, kind of lefty therapist offering low cost therapy. Oh. I think for mostly in London, but um, yeah. So there are nice. there are options, and there are good directories as well, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, Pink Therapy stuff. again is a really good directory for anyone sort of LGBT or otherwise queer. Yeah. Um, but there are other directories certainly the big therapy bodies have directories and that is something to check for is whether your therapist is accredited Mm -hmm. with some kind of body um, as well as checking for their uh, approach but again being accredited with a body is not necessarily the be all and end all there are some issues with some of the bodies too so yeah cool uh is there anything else to talk about with this one um oh we did have like how to engage i suppose it's like if you're going along you know to that first session you know what to expect a bit what how you might engage with it i mean the times where when i've so i've been twice the two very different kinds of therapists and basically the first time i went i kind of just like blurted everything out yeah and then the therapist was like okay so there's (laughs) there's this and there's this and you know which bits do you want to work on now and so um but the but i guess the thing is is that um is to expect that you're going to have to do some talking. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... Um, some people find that first session is almost like the important session because yeah. they just get to tell that whole story. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah, like that can be a really profound thing just to tell your story to somebody. The other thing I think that people might do is to talk about some of their ambivalences about therapy, I guess, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Is that the kind of... I guess as part of the process of thinking about whether they want to do therapy, they might see a therapist. And you know, yeah. I guess there's the at the beginning of the show we were talking about how there are times when we might be um, uh, where we might clearly know that we need to see a therapist because we are um, resorting to previous dam- difficult, damaging patterns mm. of behaviour. We're struggling with difficult thoughts, but also. If we're not having those and we're yeah. getting a sense of, oh, I really don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. it's been, I've had this feeling for a while and everything is a bit kind of dull. Then yeah. that's the kind of thing that you could explore with a therapist in the first session. Mm. And a therapist could talk a bit more in that first session about, you know, what uh, uh, what kinds of things to expect from therapy. Yeah, that'd but, be great. Yeah. yeah. They're often likely to sort of say things like, what brings you here? Yeah. Why now? You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, it would be really useful to explore generally, like what's what's drawing you towards this, but also what's what are your ambivalences or what mm. what what are the things that are kind of putting you off? Because it's good to know what the blocks are as well. Yeah. And like, very few times, you know, are we likely to go there just being 
really happy about you know because yeah. it costs money and because we're likely to have to look at stuff that's painful you know so yeah. yeah it's really good to talk about those things in the first session too i think just lastly the thing to expect afterwards as well mm. is and i think i didn't realize is how much it can take it out of you yeah. doing a session particularly if you've done a lot of heavy work mm. so if you can with your wherever whenever your appointment is i would encourage the dear listener to think about can they find a, like another hour afterwards yeah you know there's a thing with like going in your lunch break at work and stuff and you have to go back to your desk and all this stuff's going well, on well yeah think about it it's like i think some people think well i'll do therapy and i'll just do that hour a week and that's it and like yeah. so there's no preparation just no. go in talk about things for an hour come out then no kind of like and you you know by the time you sort of you know you forget what's happened mm. the last time you know it's like no this is like just think of it as like you are embarking on this you know few weeks or few months you know mm -hmm. or even a few years of like i'm doing this thing for myself to look at my stuff yeah to help myself like you know you wouldn't do anything else like you know it's like it'd be like if you decided i'm going to exercise so i'm just going to do a run once a week or like you know, you're at work and you know when no you get, warm up no cool down you know, you know just when you, like go you know run when you, for an hour yeah that's it, or you know? when you're at work and yeah. you go to a meeting yeah. and people keep going to the meetings but no one's doing the work in between so yeah, no yeah. work's getting done and the meeting is like well okay we've not done the work so the project hasn't progressed any but everyone yeah. keeps showing up to the meetings you've got to do the work in between otherwise the meetings are pointless yeah and that might look like making a note of things that come up in between sessions certainly for me i would try and like give myself a bit of time to jot a few things down after mm -hmm. the session you know probably a bit of time to think about beforehand about what i want to cover in the session mm -hmm. you know don't just turn up and be like oh i don't know what to talk about you know it's like you could you could think a bit about what you want to cover and what you want to get out of it you yeah. know and, um, and the therapist might be a little bit more directive about that once you've once the yeah. relationship started where yeah. it's like you might want to think about this over the next week or first few sessions is probably about developing rapport and seeing whether you're a good fit yeah. so that's okay but like once you're kind of past that point then i think it's very much the more you put in the more you get out right yeah yeah definitely and like that's something you can talk with them about is like what might i do between sessions i mean you know people can go the other way and kind of like overdo it in a way of like mm. you know being so kind of rushing at it and flinging everything at it and actually slow and gradual is okay but yeah i think having some sense of like what you might do to keep those you know if you're trying to shift things like mm. how are you, you going to do that between sessions what are you going to try doing you know between sessions yeah yeah grand yeah well we'll talk about the more different kinds of therapies and a bit more about therapy in the next one it's not a two-parter if you don't want to listen to that fine but yep. if you do want to listen to it it's going to be on our patreon which you can subscribe to from just one dollar a month but if you don't subscribe to that and you do want to know about different approaches to therapy then you could look on the BACP website mm -hmm. or the UKCP website the, those are kind of British associations for counselling psychotherapy I'm sure other countries have similar associations for counselling mm -hmm. and psychotherapy also you there's, and Julia made some amazing videos for Open University didn't you that's about right. therapeutic process yeah yeah so there's um, some oh, some free OU videos again I'll put the notes in the, in the notes for this um around kind of like what are different approaches to therapy and mm -hmm. um how, yeah again i think there is one on looking for a therapist and what you yeah. should do so that'd be great and i think that links to um the module we did for open university as well which has a like a textbook that does take you through all of the different approaches if you want a bit more on all of them because there's stuff to be gained from all of them that they all they all give us something yeah definitely yeah Cool. Great. Uh, well, uh, thanks for listening, dear listener. If you enjoyed this, uh, please share it. Um, uh, we're at soundcloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. 
We're at patreon.com forward slash MegJohn and Justin, sorry. Uh, we're on Twitter <laughs> at MegJohnJustin. And you can check out our website, MegJohnAndJustin.com, where you can find our publications and the publications tab and also see all of our, all of our excellent blogs and podcasts that are not on our Patreon. We have two things we're advertising now. Yes. Uh, but it's fine. Well, we have many more than two things, but let's just stick at that. So, <laughs> until next time. Bye. Bye then. <laughs>